This episode of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by the Self-Care for Teachers Resource Room, an online hub for teachers to learn about health, happiness, well-being, and burnout prevention. Check out the library, a collection of free resources that you can use to be proactive about your self-care and well-being. Find out more at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library. This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds-Keen. Enjoy the podcast. everyone. Welcome back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. This is the last episode of Season 3 and today I'm going to talk to you about the five biggest lessons that I have learned over the last three seasons from running the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. But before we get to that, I'll do a few announcements. Um, As I said, this is the last episode of Season 3, so if you want to stay up to date between seasons um, with what's going on with me and the Self-Care for Teachers Uh, movement, sign up for the newsletter. It's a weekly reminder that you're a person first and a teacher second and it's delivered to your inbox on a Monday. So yeah, that's the way to stay up to date between podcast seasons. The other really uh, big announcement that I want to make, which you've probably already heard by the little promo at the beginning, is that I have finally opened my uh, resource room, uh, which is an online hub where I'm keeping all my self-care, coaching, and well-being resources. So it's designed to be self-directed. You can drop in and out when you need it because, as I'm always saying, everybody's well-being journey is individual, um, just like the students in our classroom. All of us have you know, individual physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs, and we have to differentiate our self-care accordingly. So um, when you go to the resource room, There's a number of different options available. The best place to start is probably the free library where I've put um, the replays of recent webinars, a couple of sample meditation tracks, um, and some self-care tracking and planning worksheets. Actually, I don't think those are updated, uploaded yet, but they will be very soon. I'm going to be adding a whole bunch more um, free resources there over the next month. So in, in particular, if you I wanted to watch those webinars that I had about preventing burnout over the last couple of months. The replays are in there. The recordings are in there so you can catch them. Um, And you can find the resource room, including the free resources library at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library. And I will put a link in the show notes. Um, Also on the resource room is um, my Prioritize You signature program to help you reclaim your life as a person outside of your role as a teacher in the classroom. You may have seen the uh, five-day Prioritize You challenge earlier in the year, uh, which is a kind of mini five-day mini version of this larger four-week course. I've been running this course in some version or other since 2014. Um, And it's really, it's for you if you are feeling like school has just taken over your life, you've kind of lost your individual identity outside of being the teacher, you know, being miss or sir. Um, And if you're feeling exhausted, resentful, um, and you want some self-care in your life, but you don't really know where to start. And that's something that I do hear quite a lot. You can find yourself again. I really want you to know that you can find 
your individual identity as a person again, and you can reclaim your personal life and rediscover your love for teaching. So over four weeks in June, I will guide you through a series of activities and exercises that are designed to help create more space in your life for you and figure out what's missing so that you can get unstuck from the rut that you might have found yourself in, like many teachers do. Um, it is possible. And, you know, this this Prioritize You, my signature program, it's, it's a way to provide some gentle accountability to help you get there. The early bird price is $147. Uh, Australian dollars, which is a saving of 50%. And early bird is open until the 25th of May, 2018. So that's another 10 days from when this podcast episode comes out. The course begins on the 4th of June. So go to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library to jump in on that. I will put a link in the show notes as well. But remember that early bird price, $147 is only available until the 25th of May. All right, so let's talk about the top five lessons that I have learned from three seasons now of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. And I can't believe it's been three seasons. It kind of blows my mind a little bit. Um, So obviously there is more than just five things that I have learned, but I picked out really the top five, the ones that have stood out to me the most, but I'm really keen to hear what your top five are as well. I would love it, love it, love it, love it. If you would tell me, email me, Instagram me, Facebook me, you know, at Self-Care for Teachers is my handle on both of those platforms. And then if you want to email me, ellen at selfcareforteachers.com.au, I would love to hear your top five because, you know, again, we're all individual. There's no one size fits all. So um, I'm sure that my top five won't be the same as yours. But number one, or the first one, because they're not really in any particular order. But anyway, the first one I'm going to tell you is that the um, probably it's not really surprising because it's it's something that I really started the podcast with, but it fell off the uh, priority list a little bit over season two and season three. But really, one of the lessons that I've learned is that experts are great, but you, the listeners, actually want to hear from other teachers and how they're going and how they have overcome challenges, health and well-being challenges, what strategies they've included in their life to. Um, you know, to promote and improve their well-being, and and what I've heard from um, some of you in particular who have emailed and stuff, which is great, and some of you that I've had, um, you know, coaching conversations with have have told me that yes, you really like hearing from you know the experts, the other people in the teacher well-being space who are doing similar work to me, uh, but what you actually most resonate with is the other teacher stories, the teacher stories where. Um, it's probably, I I get it. It's more relatable when it's someone who you feel like they're actually talking on your level, uh, what it's like for them day to day, putting this in practice in life, in the classroom, you know, in the staff room, et cetera, et cetera. So I want you to know, I'm hearing that message loud and clear. Got a couple of, um, teacher, you know, interviews already lined up for next season, but really, really will be looking for more in particular. I mean, I'm, I know that majority of my listeners are female because I think the majority of the the teaching workforce, you know, it's a it's a um, traditionally woman's work kind of job. Um, but I would really like to hear from a few more blokes. Uh, so I've got a couple lined up, hopefully for season two. But if you're listening and you're a teacher and you think you have um, something to share, if you've got a story about your own well being, if you've got some tips and tricks that have you have applied in your life and have worked for you and help you 
um, you know, regain your love for teaching or enjoyment in the classroom or just feeling more energetic and, um, and happy, uh, then really want to hear from you. Would love if you would email me, let me know you're keen to be on the podcast and we'll set that up for season four. Um, so that is the first kind of lesson that I have learned that, yes, it's wonderful to hear from experts, but actually, you know, we learn so well as human beings, we learn so well through storytelling and hearing the stories of other teachers has been something that so far, those of you that have reached out to me have told me is really important to you and powerful and resonates with you. So I'm hearing that message loud and clear. Really, it was always the goal of this podcast to share real stories. So I, uh, I will be definitely taking that on board for the next season. Number two, uh, again, these are not in any particular order, but this is probably one, again, particularly from um, probably more season one and season three. Um, I don't feel like it was covered a lot in season two, but the, and this was something that, that popped out quite early for me and it may be a very, you know, it might be particularly because of my filter in the world, but exercise was something that popped out for me as a kind of a repeating theme really from the beginning of this podcast. And it surprised me. Uh, it, it probably, In hindsight, it probably shouldn't have, but it, it surprised me how many of my guests have said that when they made time for exercise in their life, it made a huge difference to their well-being. And of course, we all know the science. We all have you know, the kind of intellectual academic understanding that yes, exercise is good for us, but it's also one of those keystone habits that is the easiest to let go because of course we all have to eat every day and we all have to sleep every day and we all breathe every day. Even if our nutrition and our sleep and our breathing is really poor quality, we can't really get away with not doing it. You know, we, we, we can't actually get through the day without any sleep or without breathing, you know, even if we're, we're only breathing really shallowly, or even if we've had really disturbed sleep or not many hours of sleep. And same with food. I mean, it may not be good for us, but we can actually survive on donuts and coffee. Uh, and it won't make us thrive, but we can't get, get away from, you know, we can't ignore those, those keystone habits of nutrition, you know, or food, sleep and you know, the breath, even if they're poor quality. But exercise we can avoid completely. Uh, many, 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 many people in the Western world, you know, the most exercise they do is walking from the car park to their office or, um, you know, the couch to the fridge. Uh, and and I think many of you will know my my backstory by now and my, my um, difficult history with, with chronic fatigue and, um, and thyroid cancer and things. And, and that really has meant that for a, for a long time there I had a really challenging relationship with exercise because I was unwell and it literally made me sick. I also unfortunately had, you know, some some personal trainers and things before we knew what was going on with my health that that kind of pushed me too hard and yeah, so it just set up a bit of a um a dislike for me of exercise deeper than just like oh it's a bit of effort to get off the couch, but it really was making me un more unwell. It wasn't contributing to my my health at the time because my overall health was really poor. However, you know, and as fate would have it, of, of course, I married an exercise physiologist. So, of course, exercise as medicine is, in fact, his entire life philosophy. 
And I, it's only in recent years, you know, really only in the last two and a bit that I have really taken on board that as, as a reality in my life that, hey, actually, just because I had this particular experience with other health problems, just because I had that, that negative experience, actually, it, exercise is still good for people, you know, and in fact, it's good for me now that I have figured out what works for me. But it really stood out to me, particularly in season one, Beck, Shaylee, Daniel, Jane, uh, and I'm pretty sure Broden all mentioned exercise as, um, you know, habits that they didn't always incorporate or but now they do and they really notice a difference when they're not getting exercise in their life makes a really big difference to their physical and mental health and therefore their ability to turn up to work and be productive and and well um, and, you know, focused and concentrating and having the energy to get through the day and just feeling happy because, you know, exercise is also really good for our mental health. That really jumped out at me in the first season. It was interesting. It was total. It was like one of those little fluke themes where just about every guest mentioned it. Um, And then it it hasn't been as strong a theme in the last two seasons. But, you know, Katrina from Katrina Burke Coaching, Daniela from Teacher Wellbeing, just about everybody um, has made some reference to it, whether or not it's been a really um, main tip for them. You know, even Steve um, from the Teach Well Alliance last week mentioned that getting out and going for a walk in nature is a really important well-being uh, habit for him. So I guess the message here is one, in my own personal experience, I would really strongly advise you to to find exercise that you like. Don't force yourself to do stuff that you hate uh, because that's not going to be a long-term strategy. But I would also recommend if you have health uh, frustrations, health difficulties, any kind of um, challenges with your health, then I would strongly recommend seeing an exercise uh, specialist Your PT at your gym is great if you're healthy already. But if you're not, go and see an exercise physiologist. Actually, um, this is an accidental side plug, by the way. Uh, From the 23rd to the 29th of May is actually Exercise Right Week here in Australia, which is all about doing the right exercise for your body. Again, you know, it's that that idea that there's not one size fits all. So um, I would really strongly recommend if exercise isn't part of your weekly routine at the moment please seriously look at that because and I I was a big couch potato not necessarily because I uh just preferred to sit on the couch and eat donuts but because I really wasn't well enough to be moving until I till I got well in a way that was actually using exercise that was right for me and these days you know like I have actually joined my local gym and I'm doing a a running program at the moment preparing for you know a 5k race so 10 years ago that would have been impossible but it's not impossible for me anymore and it's been a gradual process of improvement and I really I can't promote exercise enough because I'm one I, I have been on both sides of it now and I realized the power of it but it also was something that many of my guests have mentioned to have made a positive impact in their life. So I highly recommend that you listen to those guests, not just me, and say, all right, I'm going to find, you know, I'm going to find some kind of exercise that actually does make me feel good, that I do want to do because I enjoy it, whether it's yoga or walking in the park or, you know, it doesn't have to be a gym program. Um, But yeah, get out there, move your body and uh, 
it's good for your brain as well as your body. So that's number two. Number three, and this is probably the most surprising, I might have said that about number two, but anyway, this was the one that has been the most rewarding but also surprising uh, kind of lesson for me from the Teacher Wellbeing podcast, which is, I mean, the lesson is that we're stronger together, but the, the thing that I didn't expect from running this podcast was the relationships that I would build with with the guests, but also with some of the listeners. You know, some of you have sent me quite a number of emails and I, I really, I really do appreciate it. And also I really want you to know that I hear you and I see you and I know that you are really doing the best that you can in the classroom that you're in with the sometimes a really challenging mix of students that you've got. I see that. I, I want you to know that you're doing a good job. And I also really want all of us to know that we are stronger, our, our teaching community is stronger when we work together and when we support each other. It's so easy to get caught up in kind of, especially especially if you're not feeling great about your position in a school or you're maybe feeling just a bit tired and frustrated and resentful already, you know, and it's really easy to get stuck in a sense of kind of competition with each other, comparisonitis, you know, comparing yourself to the teacher next to you or to that, you know, experienced teacher that's got 25 years um, in the classroom and they just seem to be all over it and you're an early career teacher and you're struggling with some of those things and you're a bit jealous of that. Or equally, sometimes those experienced teachers feel frustrated and, and a bit jealous of the early career teachers who seem to have all this energy and they understand technology and it all just seems to be, you know, colourful and bright and fun for them. You know, we can fall into that trap of comparing ourselves to each other and competing with each other. And I, I really, the thing that has come out so strongly for me from this podcast consistently has been the relationships that I have built with both Listeners, those of you that have been reaching out, because I know there's some of you that are, are listening when you're in the car or whatever, and then you, you forget to, to email, but I do want to hear from you. And also the, the people that have been guests on my podcast. So I have developed some really beautiful friendships with some of my previous guests. And I'm so glad, you know, especially some of them were people I was a bit nervous to reach out to. But do you know what? Again, we are stronger together. There it is just so important that we support each other and that we encourage each other. And, you know, whether you're in a single teacher school in, you know, Western New South Wales or you're in a massive city school, you know, with 150 other staff in the centre of Melbourne um, or wherever you are, wherever you're teaching or whether you're not even teaching at the moment, maybe you're on maternity leave or maybe you're doing some other kind of role in the education system, I really want us to have each other's back. Stressed people are not always the easiest to be around. And sometimes it means when we're feeling a lot of pressure, we get, you know, snappy with each other, we get frustrated, and we don't always look out for each other as well as we could, or we're not always as supportive of each other as we could be. And and that's what I hope we can shift. One, take care and, and control of our own stress and try and minimize it as best we can but also to really look out for each other and band together as a collective because we're stronger together. A rising tide lifts all boats. So, yeah, reach out to somebody today and let them know that you've got their back. Let them know that uh, if you notice that you think they might be struggling, ask them, are you okay? And if you are struggling, reach out to somebody in your school or some 
somebody that you trust, you know, a teacher that you trust and, and talk to them about it. Please don't be an island. So that, that message of we're stronger together has been one of the really the best lessons for me out of this, this podcast. All right, so number four, it's not really a um, it's not really a new lesson for me in my life, but again, it has come up as a theme fairly consistently across many of my guests across the seasons, and that is the idea of setting goals or being really intentional about what you want to achieve or change in your life, and and particularly how that relates to well being. You know, it's really easy to give our power away when it comes to our own health and happiness and well-being and think that it's up you know it should be our boss our deputy principal or our you know our doctor that who should be fixing us they should give us um, more time off or they should um, control the behavior of the students better or they should you know the doctor should be testing for everything and making sure that I'm well and and all those things they may that may be true there may be elements where there are people in your life who are perhaps not fulfilling their roles to the best of their ability. However, we can stay in blame of that or we can take back some of that power for ourselves because we actually do have control over our own lives. And one of the lines that um, I always like to use is, if it is to be, it's up to me. And in fact, I think actually Meg might have also said this. Meg from Open Mind Education might have also used that line um, in, in her episode might have been when we were talking after the episode. But anyway, um, I, I know that it's something that quite a lot of the guests have made reference to this idea that they there came a point in their life where they realized they had to do something about their own health and well-being and they set about to intentionally do that, to, to set some goals or create some change in their life, get themselves unstuck, and they actually had to do it themselves. You know, they they had to choose themselves and then set the intention, be really deliberate about it. And of course, that includes, you know, getting help, going to get a personal trainer so that you do your exercise every morning or going to a nutritionist or a dietitian and getting some advice about what you should be eating or going to your principal and saying, I need some help with this behavior of this student in my class, you know, reaching out and asking for help intentionally and then creating a plan from there. So probably that number four, that lesson really is about setting intentions to and de- to deliberately create positive change in our life not just letting our health and well-being you know be an accident and of course i think lena west talked about this you know that was pretty much the theme of that whole episode about being the ceo of your life it's it's you are in charge you get to make the choices and yes when you're feeling really stuck and just in the thick of things, it's really hard to do, but it doesn't mean you change everything overnight. You just pick one thing to be intentional about. If it is to be, it's up to me. So you can create that change in your life, but you have to be intentional and deliberate about it. So that's lesson number four. And lesson number five kind of flows on from that, which is that there are no quick fixes. Every guest that has talked about overcoming some kind of uh, health and well-being challenge, and it's it's also certainly been my experience. The the you don't go from you know plus ten well-being to minus ten well-being overnight. It, it, the process of burnout or of any kind of health challenges generally doesn't happen overnight, unless you're in an accident where you're suddenly injured or you suddenly come down very ill with a virus. Most of the time, it's a gradual decline. 
And then unfortunately, that also means that most of the time the improvements are gradual as well. And it requires a long-term ongoing commitment. And I know a lot of the guests this season has particularly referenced that with uh, school wellbeing programs. You know, it's a, I know that, um, again, Meg from Open Mind Education and Daniela from Teacher Wellbeing both said, like, it's not enough for a school to get somebody in on the student-free day in January and, and talk about wellbeing and then tick it off their list and think, yep, people are well, they'll be well, we've talked about it now, that's it. And then wh- wonder why people are burned out when it comes to September. Well, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It can't be a one-off conversation. But it also applies in your own life. I, I really liken burnout prevention and proactive self-care as a form of burnout prevention. It's, it's just like brushing your teeth, right? You, we all know that you can't brush your teeth today and then not brush your teeth again for the next six years and expect not to get you know, not to need a filling when you go to the dentist in six years' time and say you haven't brushed your teeth in six years. We know that. We know you have to do it regularly, you know, every day, twice a day. And it's it's those small little incremental acts of self-care every single day that are what over time cumulatively add up to the feeling of well-being, the practices that we put into our, our life that that are proactive self-care practices over time help prevent burnout you can't just do them once I mean doing it brushing your teeth once we all know that feeling where you're feeling real fuzzy in your teeth and you brush your teeth and you think oh mm, that feels so much better to have nice clean teeth today but if you don't do it again tomorrow you're going to lose that nice feeling of clean teeth and um, if you continue to ignore those teeth brushing practices then you're the health of your teeth is going to pretty rapidly diminish. So it's the same with your whole body and with your mind. Remember, burnout prevention is not just about being physically capable to stand, you know, to stand up and turn up to work. It's also about your mental health. So, you know, well-being is is multifaceted. So that's really, I guess, the last thing I want to leave you with um, of my five lessons is that there are no quick fixes, and I know that that's really annoying. It's one of those really frustrating things because it means that you have to make an effort every day, probably forever. You can't, it's not a magic pill. And I think that's a bit of a paradigm shift for a lot of us because we've spent so much of our time and energy doing everything for everybody else, you know, making sure that all the needs in our classroom are taken care of and then maybe all the, the other people's needs in our family or the people that we are caring for in our life and we actually have to put ourselves back at the top of that list every day making sure our basic needs are met you know getting the right amount of sleep getting good quality food moving our body in ways that works for us igniting our relaxation response through good deep breathing every day proactively managing the stressors in our life making sure that we're practicing gratitude you know that The list of well-being promoting activities is almost endless, but those are probably the core ones and there's no quick fix. You have to do them every day or every second day at least to really get the benefits of them, you know, over the long term. And then the bonus that I probably want to leave you with, which isn't isn't so much a lesson from the podcast per se, but it is, I think, important to remember is that you are enough already and always it really astounds me the amount of messages teachers are given 
all the time about not being enough. You know, the, the classroom management practices, the behavior management practices, the marking and reporting and the preparation and all of those um, many tasks that teachers do all day, every day, that they, they're not really ever finished. Katrina Burke talked about this in, in her interview back in season two. She said the to-do, to-do list is never done. And because of that, many times we have this feeling that we haven't done enough and therefore we are not enough. Because there would always be more we could do. If we had 35 hours a day, we would fill them. So it's about coming back to this reminder every single day that you are enough and you have done enough today and you are allowed to look after you today. All right, so those are my top five uh, lessons plus a bonus from three seasons of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. So number one, Experts are great, but you want to hear from other teachers. Yep, hearing that message loud and clear. If you're a teacher and you've got a well-being story, let me know. Number two, turns out exercise is actually good for you. If it's not already a part of your life, find a way to incorporate it and you will not be sorry. Um, number three, we are stronger together. Please, can we look after each other and look out for each other and encourage each other? Get out of that comparisonitis thinking and the competitive thinking don't be an island, be a community. Number four, if it is to be, it's up to me. You know, set your intentions. If you want to make a change, realize that you have the power to do that and then deliberately make a plan and follow through on it. Get the help that you need, intentionally seek the support that you need, and then go out and do it. And of course, while you're doing it, remember that there are no quick fixes. That's number five. There's no magic pills. It's going to take time and effort repeatedly, cumulatively, but you can make a difference to your health and well-being and your happiness and your enjoyment of the classroom and your effectiveness as a teacher and just your experience of life by proactively, intentionally, deliberately looking after you and incorporating good habits and healthy practices into your life. And last but certainly not least, the bonus one, you are enough already and always. Okay, that is it for season three of the podcast. Just before I go, I wanted to share with you a few quick reflections that I have learned and realized um, just this year through the process of writing my book and submitting my Churchill Fellowship. So I want to bring you along this journey with me, this self-care for teachers journey with me. I've had some really big ahas um, about what I'm here to do uh, and you know where I'd like to take this message and this movement, uh, but I've also had some hard truths really hit home in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I want to share them with you. And because I realised I haven't really done a kind of overview, I did a bit of an overview in... Um, in the beginning of this season, but it's been a while since I've really revisited the mission of self-care for teachers. And if you haven't gone back and listened to, I don't know, it was episode one or two of the first season where I really talked about what it's all about, you know, you can do that because there'll be a, a gap between this season and the next one. And uh, so you'll have time to catch up. But I really quickly wanted to share that, yeah, I've had some hard truths in the last couple of weeks, which is basically that I am now the bottleneck in this system. I have been a one-woman shop, um, you know, the whole time, and it's no longer possible for me to keep doing that, basically, um, especially where the podcast is concerned. 
My podcast skills are wonderful. I love editing it, um, but it does during the season, you know, during every season, it does take me about a day a week to get do all the tasks, you know, that are involved in getting the, the podcast out every week. And that's if everything tech-wise runs really smoothly. Um, I've invested, yeah, lots of time and energy and money into this project and it's now at a point where it can't grow and the overall self-care for teachers mission can't be achieved if I continue to be this one-woman shop and, you know, if most of my time and attention is continuing to be spent on these kind of low-level sort of tasks. So um, I, I liken it to the idea that, you know, a teacher's time isn't best spent doing laminating and photocopying. It might be something teachers enjoy doing, but it's actually something that a teacher aide or even a parent volunteer could do. And that frees up the teacher to go and do the things that only the teacher can do, like preparing lessons and marking assessment and, you know, differentiating, scaffolding student work and, of course, moderating with other teachers and with colleagues. And it's kind of the same here. And, again, I'm really taking on board that idea of don't be an island. You know, we are stronger together. So it's the same with the Teacher Wellbeing podcast. It really needs to be sustainable for me to continue. Um, And currently I can't keep doing it at the pace that I have been, at least not all year. That's why I have seasons to begin with. But I also have a lot of half-finished projects that um, that I think can really help people if I would just be able to finish them and get them out into the world. But like I said, I'm the bottleneck. So, yeah, I often end up spending my time doing, you know, tech things, trying to fix things that broke on the website or um, getting the podcast out during the podcast season instead of, you know, finishing some of those other projects which are a bit a, a bit more high level in terms of being work that kind of only I can do. Um, and so because you've probably noticed that early in the season the episodes come out really early in the morning and by the end of the season they don't appear in your podcast feed until mid to late afternoon. And it's, again, simply a matter of me being a one-woman shop and a bottleneck in the system. So if I can outsource the editing and the production of the podcast and the website management, then I'll be able to spend more time actually creating content, doing research, interviewing guests and doing the other really high-level work in my business that only I can do, like writing my book and putting together webinars and actually coaching clients. So I'm really taking on board the lessons that I've learned from this podcast and um, the idea that we're all stronger together and that we have to set an intention and actually create and design our life if we want our goals to come true. I'm really taking that on board. And one of my goals is to always model the skills that I believe are valuable and helpful to teachers. And, you know, I know it's really common for teachers to feel pride in their ability and capacity to get everything done on their own. But that pride, you know, can can sort of turn to a point where it turns into martyrdom. I know because I've been there and I know that some of my podcast guests have referenced this. Um, I also know that asking for help and letting go of a little bit of control when you're having to delegate is really hard Um, and sometimes it's even a little bit more work initially, you know, than it would have been if you just did it yourself. But that doesn't mean that not asking for help is the better decision. So that's what I'm doing here. I'm modeling asking for help and letting go some of the control and and you know I'm also really on a personal level refusing to go back down that path of resentment of a t- of having to do everything myself and turning into a martyr because I know that serves nobody and it's certainly not the way I want the teacher well-being podcast to be self-care for teachers 
you know, it's always been a labor of love for me, but it does cost money to produce and to host things online and do all the other things that go into getting this work out there. And, you know, it also takes a lot of time and energy, like I said, to please the internet gods and make the many, many moving pieces of tech talk to each other properly. So I thought it would be timely to revisit the mission of self-care for teachers because it has not changed since the beginning, um, which is, you know, nearly three years ago now. Uh, But the podcast has only been going for about 18 months. So I thought I'd revisit the mission, which I did talk about in episode one, I think it was, of season one. Um, So the mission of self-care for teachers is basically... Uh, there's five dot points. You can find this on my website, selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash about. It's in the about page. Um, You know, the play and safety message is all about self-care. It's about fit your own oxygen mask before helping others. And that's the kind of overall vision is to help teachers learn and practice that message in order to go on making a difference in the lives of students, um, you know, long into the future. But my mission is to facilitate and contribute to the conversation about teacher well-being um, and positive schools and burnout prevention. Um, And it's also to inspire and empower educators of all kinds to take back control of their health and happiness by being proactive about their well-being. It's to give teachers permission to put themselves first and to remind them that this benefits everybody. It's not selfish. It's actually good for everybody if you look after you. And I also really want to be advocating for teachers and their well-being and promoting the teaching profession within Australia. And, you know, ultimately, my mission is to improve the well-being of staff and students that I come into contact with and to create school communities that thrive instead of just survive. And it is my really strong belief that intentional, multifaceted self-care can transform our lives and the lives of the people that we live and work with. So, The intention of the self-care for teachers movement is, you know, for teachers to support each other in prioritizing self-care and to be the best version of ourselves as possible as human beings and as teachers in an education system that doesn't do that very well. So since the start of the podcast, that mission hasn't changed, but I've really clarified a lot for myself about how I'm going to achieve that mission. And like I said before, it's become abundantly clear to me that I can't do it alone. Um, that's why I need your help and why I'm gathering a network of others who help support teachers and schools with health and well-being and, you know, why I've applied for my Churchill Fellowship, which I I don't know the outcome of yet, but um, I'll keep you posted. So I've also been exploring the concept of social enterprise, um, which according to socialtraders.com.au, a social enterprise is a business that trades to intentionally tackle social problems and improve communities. It's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm still investigating all that's entailed in becoming a social enterprise officially. Um, but for me, I know that it's going to look like creating a give back policy where I commit to giving back um, you know, a certain amount every month in my business. So for a start, that's going to include two pro bono coaching clients at a time. And um, I particularly am aware that for some of you, the cost of coaching is, um, you know, you can't afford it at this time. So I want to make sure that that's available for people that are deserving of that. And um, so there will be an application process for that, which I'll update you on. Um, If you're on the newsletter list, you'll get uh, links to that. And I also plan to donate 50% of profits to causes that support education and well-being. I'm particularly interested in the power of education to help 
you know, lift individuals and communities out of disadvantage. So I'm, I'm still looking at which um, causes I'd like to support there. And like I said, um, finding out what it really means to be a social enterprise officially. But that's a little bit of an update on, I suppose, how I plan to carry out my mission. Um, and if you are on board, if you support this mission of self-care for teachers, then I want to leave you this season with an invitation to put a little bit of money where your mouth is. So as some of you will already know, I have a Patreon page, um, which is at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash self-care for teachers. And if you, um, you know, current patrons currently, um, there's a couple of people, I have two wonderful patrons um, who are donating a little bit of their money every month. Um, and the rewards currently for patrons include discounted coaching sessions and a quarterly prize draw. And the next prize draw is in June. So um, if you become a patron before the 31st of May, you will be in the running for that. And remember, you can give as little as US $2 per month. I realize it's annoying for us Aussies that it's US dollars, but I can't do anything about it. So it doesn't have to be a lot of money. Even with the currency conversion to US dollars, is still less than a price of a cup of coffee per month for us here in Australia. And the idea is that I'd really like to grow that Patreon to the point where it can actually support me in being able to outsource the kind of technical tasks of podcast and website, all those things that are taking up huge amounts of my time at the moment. It's just not, I just know it's not the best use of my time. It's like me laminating everything myself when I could be getting somebody else to do that while I actually mark the, you know, assignments. Um, so hopefully with your support, I can get the next season, you know, season four of the podcast out um, and edited uh, by somebody else, even though I love editing it, it's time, you know, and um, that will also allow me to have much smaller breaks between seasons so that, you know, you can continue to enjoy the fantastic information and experience of the guests almost year round at the moment that you know there's big gaps between seasons and I'm not sure when the next season will be out sometime in term three but I'm not going to commit to early in term three until I know uh what's happening with Patreon because um yeah it, it takes a lot of my time and energy so what I'm asking from you is to come over to patreon.com slash self-care for teachers and become a patron once we reach the $300 per month mark that will allow me to start outsourcing. Um, and, I, and I know that might seem like a lot for some of you, but really podcasts are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. It really does cost money. And I've been doing a lot of those skills, you know, for free myself, but it takes up a lot of time, as I said. So once we reach that $300 per month mark, that will allow me to start outsourcing. Um, and then when we get there, you know, once that goal happens, what I'm going to introduce on Patreon is a monthly Q&A call with me um, exclusively for Patreon uh, supporters. And the quarterly giveaways will be not just, uh, once you get to that point, the quarterly giveaways will be not just self-care packs with, you know, books and oils and lip balm, but giveaways of my courses. So that's the that's the first sort of goal. And then when we reach the magic $500 per month mark, which will allow me to outsource the whole podcast, um, I will then be giving away a three-month coaching package with me. That giveaway will be exclusively for Patreon supporters as well. So that is my invitation to you this season. I would love to have you join the Self-Care for Teachers movement and help support the continuation of this podcast into season four and beyond. Uh, remember, the place to show that support is patreon.com forward slash self-care for teachers. 
And that's it for season three of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you join the newsletter so you can stay up to date between podcasts. All the links that I've mentioned for this episode will be in the show notes at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And until next season, whenever that will be, remember that you are a person first and a teacher second and you are allowed to prioritize you. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there. 